It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is the Locked On Bengals Podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. Welcome on in Bengals fans to week two of Joe and Jake on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. It's Mock Draft Monday. That means Joe and I are going to look at mock drafts around the league and we're going to run a fan speak mock of our own. Stay tuned for all of that. But first, we're going to talk about a little bit of news and we're going to talk about the AAF. Joe, I know you watch the games. I watched the first half of one of the games with Logan Woodside, and I got excited by the first play because a Cincinnati Bengal quarterback threw a slant to a Cincinnati Bearcat receiver. Uh, but by halftime, I was pretty bored. I wasn't. I enjoyed it. I watched the whole game. I also watched that game. It was the um, San Antonio versus San Antonio Commanders versus the San Diego Fleet. I remembered that. So uh, I I picked a favorite team, and I said, I'm going to – Pick the best uniform and the best helmet because that's how I picked the Bengals, I think, as a young boy. And I picked the San Diego Fleet because they have cool helmets. And I watched that whole game. And it was interesting. From the gigantic hit that went all around the Internet where the quarterback lost his head uh, and there was no flag thrown, I felt like a caveman. It was like old football, 90s football. I got in my chair. I was screaming. I was, I, my energy was going up. My adrenaline was pumping. I was ready for actual football. And it was cool. I watched the whole thing. I wish there was more scoring. You can see there's... Uh, definitely some issues on the offensive line. The quarterback play is going to be lower. But there were some good throws. There were some good plays made. I I had fun watching it. It was football. And there was a handful of guys on each team that I recognized and remembered. Yeah, there are going to be a few guys that you remember from the draft process, I think. And that does make it a little bit interesting. And we have one piece of news as well. We have a coaching hire for the Bengals. It is Jamal Singleton, the running back coach from Oakland. He worked with Brian Callahan in Oakland. He was there for a year and is making a lateral move to come to Cincinnati. He's been around the NFL. He's been in the college ranks, mostly coaching running backs. Uh, so here's a hire that isn't directly connected to Zach Taylor, but is probably a Brian Callahan recommendation. And the only thing I have to note on that is we talked on a previous pod about Callahan and bringing um, that wide zone running. It's funny because he was a quarterback's coach. And uh, we view him that way. But when I was told by Ted Wynn of The Athletic what to expect, he said, expect the wide zone Shanahan running style to come with him, which to me was interesting because I didn't think of him that way. But uh, And then here he is getting a running backs coach that he is familiar with and has, and has worked with. Makes sense if he's you know also bringing that system. It does make sense. We saw a lot of that in L.A. as well with Todd Gurley. So all that said, 
let's get into the fun stuff. Joe, take me through the mocks that are on the internet. Yeah, so we got mock draft Monday, and uh, we'll probably do this every Monday leading up to the draft as we really have fun with this process because I think that's the fun part of, of for a lot of fans are, are the mock drafts. But we went through some of the big names, looked at who we have and who they have the Bengals taking just for some you know, debate and, and some talk. We got a lot of the same guys. I think Devin White is the guy around the, the Internet you'll see mocked to the Bengals the most often. I think after that we're starting to see Cody Ford, who is an offensive tackle from Oklahoma, some some view him as a guard. Bengals use a guard or a tackle, so I don't have a problem with with either distinction. Uh, that he's probably the next most common that we saw. But going through a few of these, I thought the most interesting one to me, and besides the ones that gave us a quarterback, is Chad Ruder of NFL.com. He gave the Bengals Greedy Williams, who is a corner from LSU, a guy who has ball skills, but I don't think he's the most physical guy. Uh, I still have more work to do on Greedy, but Greedy's a guy who's probably projected top 15 in every mock you're going to see. I think if they took a guy like that, I, I don't know if that signifies the direct end of Kirkpatrick in, in the immediate future, but I definitely signi- I think it signifies um, the the eventual moving on from Kirkpatrick and going with Greedy Williams and William Jackson on the, on the outside, because I don't think any of those three are, are nickel guys. Uh, and then Chad Ruder's mock keeps going, and in the second round, he gives him Noah Fant, tight end out of Iowa. And we talked about him on last week's pod. Really like Noah Fant, big receiving guy, fast guy, super fast. Uh, he's going to blow up the combine, and if he does, I don't think there's any way he's here other than the strength of the tight end class, maybe knocking down the value of those guys. And if that's the case, my only knock on this draft would be what did they do at offensive tackle and linebacker preceding, you know, I, I guess – you could look at this and say, well, maybe they attacked it in free agency, right? Maybe. And we've talked about that a little bit too. It's is where, where are we spending the offseason capital? We have some that we can spend in free agency. We have some, we have a limited amount of draft picks. They have a lot to address. And this is one example of that. If they pick Greedy Williams and Noah Fant, you could come away from that first two rounds feeling like the Bengals got two really good players who can contribute for a long time. And, these are positions where you could either use an upgrade potentially or you have a very murky situation at tight end and no offense coming in and he's probably starting pretty early, especially in this offense. He's he's not the blocker that his teammate TJ Hawkinson is, but he's a willing guy at least. He doesn't have the lower body strength as I understand it to, to get to drive those blocks downfield. But like you said, what are we doing it on the offensive line? What are we doing at linebacker and and there's only so much you can do to address offensive line and free agency this year it's not very deep and a few of these mocks do have them addressing offensive line joe marino of the draft network has them going cody ford todd mcshay has them going cody ford and dan kadar of um mocking the draft sb nation has them going cody ford with mac wilson in round two and we had a question on friday's mailbag what value do we see better uh, Devin White in the first round or Mac Wilson in the second? I actually said I think Mac Wilson in the second, even though he's not the better prospect at all. I, I definitely think he's the third best linebacker of the top three. Uh, I still like him, and I think he's the best in coverage. And Matt Miller's got them going Devin White in the first round at, at addressing linebacker, and Dane Brugler has them going Devin White in the first round addressing linebacker out of LSU. Both have second round picks, though, also. And Matt Miller's got him going Irv Smith, tight end from Alabama, and Dane Brugler has him going Jerry Tillery, defensive tackle out of Notre Dame. So here's a question for you. 
do you ever trade back out of 11? Let's say, let's say somebody wants to trade up from 15, 16. Would you trade out if you thought that meant you were losing Devin White, but you were getting the Michigan guy, Bush? I would be open to a trade back in this draft. I, unless there's a blue chip prospect still there. And I think it's like Ed Oliver, who I, I absolutely really like. Uh, if he's still there at 11, I guess Devin White may be a blue chip for a lot of people, and he would give me pause. But I think the value of linebacker would make me open to it because I really like Devin Bush. Uh, last year they traded back. They went from 12 to 21 and got Cordy Glenn out of it. I, I guess I don't know if that's, you know, in hindsight we may say, yeah, it wasn't worth it. They were, they could have had Leighton Vanderash or something around, along those lines. Uh, so it may not be worth it in the long run. But I'd be interested this year, and I think a lot of it depends on, and I will talk about this, the immediate plan or the or the future plan, and do you need a guy for right now, or do you are you willing to collect picks because you're building that next roster for the Bengals? And we'll get to that when we take a look at our own mock draft coming up after the break. Before we go to break, though, I really just wanted to let you guys know that we do have sponsorship opportunities for the podcast, and we're looking for the right partners. If you are part of a company or you own a company that wants to reach Bengals fans, send us a note on Twitter, email us at LockdownBengals at gmail.com, and we can get you some more details. It's a really great opportunity to reach a unique audience in the Cincinnati area. And as the podcast grows, well, we hope you get in at the ground floor. Stick with us after the break as we get into the Fanspeak mock drafts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Bengals Podcast. It's Mock Draft Monday. What we're going to do this time and hopefully do for the rest of the year until draft concludes, we will use a fan speak mock. And if you've, if you've used them before, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, go to fanspeak.com. It allows you to control a team and run the draft the way you would. And we picked Matt Miller's board. Uh, we're going with user-voted team needs. We are the Bengals, of course. And we're going to go four rounds in this draft. And we're going to take you through the process of each pick. We're going to debate it a little bit. And hopefully we'll end up with a good draft this time. And we're going. So I think the first thing we need to discuss, though, is... Do we want to trade up for a quarterback? If you look around the past history, especially recent history of the NFL, if you want a quarterback, you got to move up. And now there's been good quarterbacks taken at 10 and 12. We're looking at, at Mahomes and Watson. But those teams also traded up for that guy. So, Jake, right off the bat, do, is there a quarterback in this draft you believe is the guy and you want to go up and get? Uh, you're putting me on the spot, Joe. I don't think so. I mean, I don't think the, ol- <laughs> the only one I'm considering is Kyler Murray, to be honest. And and I don't think Bengals fans want Kyler Murray, but he's the only guy that has that kind of ceiling for me. I would consider Dwayne Haskins. And I say that because of the one year of experience could go both ways. It could mean that defenses really exploit his weaknesses, which some of his weaknesses really scare me. But I do think there is some upside in there just by the way he progressed during the season and finished the year. The last few games were his best. 
And I thought once the offense meshed with him, um, you've got a very good quarterback. And I'd be interested because he's young, 21 years old, I believe, one year of experience could really end up blossoming. Uh, and in my mind, it's worth exploring a trade-up for that type of quarterback. Uh, we'll, we'll, but we hit the start button. We decided not to draft a quarterback or at least move up for one. And we'll go through the picks, one through ten, to get you ready for number one. Jake, if you could scroll up for me. Yeah, we'll get there. And just a quick note there. A couple of the mocks that we looked at did have Kyler Murray going to the Bengals in the first, either via trade-up or just a natural pick at 11. That was Chris Trapasso. And who was the other one, Joe? Yes, that's right. Chris Trapasso had him trading up to eight for Kyler Murray. Uh, and he was the only one. They, the other guy we were going to talk about was Thor Nystrom had them taking Juwan Taylor, offensive tackle that's out right. of Florida. So we see... In this particular instance of the Fanspeak mock, there's a crazy run on edge players happening. We have Nick Bosa first, Josh Allen second, Clellan Farrell third, Jalen Ferguson fourth. Then we go to the defensive line, Quinn and Williams fifth. Jakai? Yeah, I believe so. Polite? Jakai. At six, Brian Burns seven, Montez Sweat eight. So that's what? All defensive line for the first eight picks, and seven of them are edge players. Yeah, that's crazy. And then finally at 9, we see Cody Ford, and then at 10, Greedy Williams. So we have a, our pick here of Rashawn Gary, a defensive lineman from Michigan, Devin White, Ed Oliver, Jonah Williams. Lots of good ideas. Ooh. Jeffrey Simmons is really, really good too, but he had off-the-field issues. I want to say freshman or sophomore year. It was early in his career, but he's as good, if not better, than Ed Oliver also. Um, and Dwayne Haskins is still on the board. That is notable. We should consider that now. This this honestly is a very debatable scenario of do we trade back four or five picks because one of these guys are still going to be there. I think at this point now, because Haskins is still there, for whatever reason, let's just imagine he had a bad combine or, or something went wrong, right, and he's still there. Do we take Haskins? Or do we say there's blue chip players on the board in Devin White, Ed Oliver, and, and Jonah Williams, in my opinion, and do we fill a need and worry about quarterback later? What's wild here, if it was a real draft, I think I'm 100% trading back at this point just because there's probably four or five guys that I'm still comfortable with. So it depends on how far you're trading back, right? What do you think about yeah. Sean Gary? I think he is an underachiever, career underachiever. He's going to test well. And then let's say if he's still here at 11, he probably didn't test well uh, at the Combine. But I do expect him to. I don't think he's an edge guy, I and mean, they have a list of him as D-line, and I think that's accurate because I would put him inside next to Atkins and let him pass rush. He's probably a rundown defender on the edge. You kick him inside, and I think he's that's where he's going to have his NFL career and make his money. I just don't know if that's worth it at this point, especially when an Ed Oliver is there that's pretty much yeah. going to do the same thing and has more experience doing it, even though Oliver is a better run defender right now than pass rusher, but I think that's mostly because of college and, and, and Houston's scheme of, really three down linemen he had to play nose tackle a lot of the time he's a crazy athlete mm -hmm. it's an interesting pick here we're looking at three different needs and for me you, you can consider Dwayne Haskins you, you definitely can for me I'm considering Devin White Ed Oliver Jonah Williams here and I, I don't too. know where I'm going well now let's if I'm in this situation I go well who should we expect to be there in round two to fill a need uh and I think at that point with no linebackers going yet with all the offensive linemen that are still there, it's, it leads me to go either quarterback or defensive tackle in this scenario because I still think we can end up with a good starting tackle in round two. I think we can end up with a good um, linebacker in round two or round three. So I, for me, I would now pass it back to 
my coaches and say, what can we get out of Dwayne Haskins? Or do we go with Ed Oliver, who would probably be the higher guy on my board? And for the sake of this, I'm, I'm kind of leading Ed Oliver at this point. I think the defensive tackle is an understated need for the Bengals. And there's a lot of upside there with Oliver in terms of the athleticism. And he's been a productive player already. Think about the nickel D line of Carlos Dunlap at left end, Ed Oliver and Geno Atkins inside, and Carl Lawson coming off the edge. That, in my opinion, instantly puts the Bengals' defensive line amongst the best in the league, if not the best in pass rushing and athleticism, and instantly makes them a scary, scary defense just from that point. And I know we don't have linebackers yet, but when that second secondary and that D line is as talented and first-round picks put in there the way it would be after this pick, uh, I want to go at Oliver here. It does leave us in a complicated position in round two of picking between a linebacker and an offensive lineman, but I'm with you. Let's go Ed Oliver and see what plays out. All right. So we'll see what kind of runs we get here. If any, a run on defensive lineman, a couple QBs come off the board. Dwayne Haskin goes at 15. There's the our Redskins. first tackle at 18, I believe. Looks oh, like we have we have a good a good board left here in round two as we go to it. A couple tight ends went, both um, Iowa tight ends, right at the end of the first round. That makes sense. Drew Locke also went at 13 to the Dolphins. So, so Drew Locke and Dwayne Haskins off the board in the top 15. Jonah Williams did go at 16 as well. So we have two tackles off the board at 16, 18. Devin Bush went at 20. Where did Devin White go? 19, they went back-to-back, back, which 19, is where around the is. top linebackers after Roquan Smith last year went in that range also. Any other picks of note here? Nope. The Patriots get Noah Fant. Of course. So they we'll go on to round two now. Terrify the rest of the league with Noah Fant for the next 10 years. That's exactly what we need. Oh, man, Dalton Reisner went to the Cardinals at first pick in round two he would have been something i would have been all over mac wilson also gone now greg little there was a run here uh, on the position of need so we're on the clock now so we're on the clock and the first name on matthew miller's big board is irv smith he's 26 on the big board and then a series of wide receivers Jawan taylor's still there though and that's a no-brainer for me. My eyes locked on Juwan Taylor instantly. He's the offensive tackle from Florida. Thor Nystrom has the, has the Bengals taking him in the first round. Irv Smith, the top guy on the board right now, is also the, who Matt Miller gave the Bengals. So that makes sense. Uh, for me, Juwan Taylor is a big, massive, powerful, huge right tackle. He's what you want at right tackle traditionally. I think his feet are better than what you expect from a big guy, the way I described him. Uh but he's nasty, he's powerful, he throws guys down. I really like the idea of Juwan Taylor, potentially at number 11. I think at 41, it's a slam dunk pick. It is, and this is not something that we should expect to see on draft day. This is this is something that happens on fan speak from time to time as boards evolve and get updated, and generally guys just slip. I mean, we're sitting here at pick 42, and the number 26 player on Matt Miller's board is still there in Irv Smith. We're not going that direction. And Jawan Taylor's 41 on his board, so that's the caveat here. Just looking forward into the next round, we're still going to need a linebacker. Yep. Uh, there's some names there that, uh, from what I recall, are more two-down linebacker guys, so we'll see who's still available when we, we get definitely into missed, We definitely missed the uh, the cutoff of those top three guys. Mm -hmm. Mac Wilson, Wilson going uh, fourth pick to the Niners. Besides that, 
uh, it's really going to get shaky. And we'll see who's there in the third round. But I think starting off this draft the way we did with two trench studs, in my opinion, you can't uh, you can't deny it. And we'll figure out linebacker from there. And the very next pick, Irv Smith goes off the board. Garrett Bradbury at 49 to the Browns. Great. To strengthen the Browns' interior line. Rashawn Joseph is a guy a lot of people are going to mock, I think, to the Bengals. I don't think he's the cover guy you want. He's from Florida. He's still available. I just saw his name go by. Um, last pick in the first, in the second round, Jared Stidham, quarterback to the Patriots. That's interesting. There's a lot of good guys still remaining. There are. And we'll get back for the last two rounds of, the, of this fantasy mock draft after our second and last break of the show. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover limitations apply see terms at discover.com slash credit card all right joe we're in our last section of the draft here rounds three and four at the beginning at the beginning of round three riley ridley goes off the board that's a name that i'm considering if he's still around charles amenahue goes off the board two picks before us that's another pick i'm considering those are wide receivers and an edge player still on the board though a couple interesting names We've got Will Greer, quarterback, and we're looking at a few linebackers here. There's quite a few options. There's Trey Lamar, Voshan Joseph, and an interesting name for you from the Senior Bowl, Jermaine Pratt. Yeah, I Jermaine Pratt is a guy that stood out for me. Uh, first time I noticed him, I hear a loud thud and a crack, and I look over, and you see him kind of pushing the, the running back down after a play. Uh, so then I'm like, okay, let me focus on this guy. Very next play, he comes on, takes the fullback one-on-one and just demolishes him. And I'm like, here's a power middle linebacker. Okay, I like this. And I see him go back to the huddle, and he's calling the defensive huddle. Uh, So I'm like, okay, more bonus points. Maybe he's just a downhill run-stuffing linebacker. And then we get the data from after practice, and he was the fastest guy on the defense. I want to say 21 miles per hour tested. And I said, oh. And apparently a lot of people did not expect that. Even though he's a former safety, he's got some straight-line speed definitely there. So I'm patiently waiting for his combine testing because I think if he tests really well, third round is going to be great value for him, and I could see him sneaking into the, into round two. I think for me, when I look at this linebacker group that's remaining, Jermaine Pratt's the one I'm looking at and saying, okay, there's my middle linebacker uh, that I think I can plug and play right now. He's the closest to a guy that can play all three downs out of the guys that we're looking at at the top of the board here. And the combine drill we're interested in for him is a change of direction, the flexibility. We want to see that it's not just straight line speed. And we'll want to see that functionally too. We'll have to see if we can notice that on tape at any point. We have read that there's some stiffness in the hip, so we'll have to check that out for ourselves. The other interesting option here is Will Greer. Yeah, proud West Virginia quarterback. Uh, Greer's the only guy I didn't finish a write-up on for the athletic, and I did all the work. And sometimes you do that when you when you write. You, you'll do all the evaluation, do all the work, and I and I step away and I go, I don't know what it means. I don't know what the conclusion is. I like a lot of the parts. I hate a lot of the parts. And what I do like is that he will create. 
when things break down. He will go off script very very naturally, very easy, goes off script and try to make things happen, throw across his body, throw, um, you know, force a ball into tight coverage and trust his receiver to make it. Now, some of that sounds scary, too. And it sounds scary when he doesn't have a great arm and he's not a great athlete. So he does the Patrick Mahomes things, and sometimes he's successful at it. But he, he is not the natural talent that Mahomes is. And we see if he's still there in the third round, it's because NFL teams agree with that assessment. But at the same time, we get to the Senior Bowl, and it turns out he had the most velocity on his balls out of all the quarterbacks there. And that really shocked me because Drew Locke's there with a cannon arm. So I wonder if there's more to Will Greer than what we saw at times on tape. And I think his natural ability, if I can hone it in a little bit, we're talking third round. This is where you want to take a shot on these guys that you are interested in but have some flaws. And for me, he may be the last guy of this draft where I may be really interested in taking a developmental quarterback. There's a couple others maybe in the fourth, fifth round. But for me, um, I would consider Will Greer here. Yeah, so it's a tough choice. Uh, just interestingly, showing the value of running backs, David Montgomery, who's a pretty well-hyped running back as far as I understand, one of the most elusive college running backs in the country last year, is still here as well in the third round. But between the quarterback and the linebacker, Joe, which way are we going? I think we should go linebacker. Now we're, we're being a little dangerous here. We're, we're picking need over the best player available because I think we could go uh, some other positions and maybe take a guard, take a, a wide receiver. I don't think wide receiver is far off the, the need list, and it's a great receiver class. Uh, I think tight end, we need to be very aware of where tight end is at this point and moving forward. There's a couple guy here, Caleb Wilson from UCLA, was very productive receiving guy. Um, but I want to go linebacker because I like Pratt, and I think third round is good value. And we'll see what happens between the third and the fourth round here. See what kind of players are left for us. I have done a few of these, and it seems like you can get pretty good value. And again, this is going to change as we get closer to the draft. But you can get pretty good value, it seems like, at wide receiver late in the draft. Jimmy Moreland, corner, just went to the Bears. He is a um, nickel corner, and I want to say he had 18 or 19 interceptions in his career. He would have been something I would have been interested in had he been there in the fourth round. And we have back-to-back David Longs. They must be different guys. One's listed as a linebacker, the other as a corner. Will Greer also to the Panthers, third round. Andy Isabella, wide receiver, going to the Jets. Voshan Joseph, linebacker to the Cleveland Browns. He was someone we talked about briefly before um, coming back on here as, as a target in he just has more um, Malik Jefferson in his game than I'm, I'm prepared to take at this point. And going late third round makes sense for where Jefferson went last year also. So we're kicking off the fourth round here. And just to recap, we went Ed Oliver at 11, Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle, at sec- in the second round, pick 10, and then Jermaine Pratt, pick 8 in the third round. So we've gone defensive tackle, offensive tackle, linebacker. We've definitely been focused on needs. A couple interesting names go off the board right before we come up to pick in the fourth round. Clayton Thorson, Northwestern quarterback, who is weirdly hyped to me. I'm a Northwestern alum, so I've watched a lot of Clayton Thorson. And when he came to Northwestern, he was the highest graded quarterback recruit they ever had. He came in and surprised a lot of people with how well he ran. And then he tore his ACLs in both legs, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Or maybe it was just one. And, you know, a lot of that speed went away, which is a big element of his game. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, another name that I think is picking up traction, goes right before our pick at 109. So now we're on the clock at 110. 
the name that jumps off the board to me, and this is, I think, a fan speak thing, Chris Lindstrom. Chris, Chris Lindstrom is going to be attractive for a lot of people if he's still there in the fourth round. And I got to see him at the Senior Bowl, my first exposure to Lindstrom. Uh, he is exactly what you want in his own blocking scheme. I thought he was tremendous climbing to the second level, operating in space, erasing linebackers consistently. He's a taller guard, uh, allowed some power defensive tackles to get under him a few times in pass pro. But I thought, for the most part, uh, he was really, really good. If you can go back to tight end for me, one guy I would definitely consider there is Jace Sternberger from Texas A&M. Athlete, but really good after the catch. He is a yak monster. Uh, I think we're looking in the fourth round for a lot of positions once we get to day three like this. Wide receiver, tight end. Is there a developmental quarterback there? Is there another linebacker we can take? Is there a nickel corner we can take? So I think the draft really opens up here. Uh, Even though I really like Lindstrom, looking at it, uh, people like Terrell Hanks, the linebacker uh, there too. So, I mean, I think we should be open to a lot of positions. I'd like to see, is Tyree Jackson still available, the quarterback from Buffalo? He is, and he's, he's the top one available over Brett Ripien, Garden Minshew, Trace McSorley, Easton Stick. Uh, so Tyree probably goes in the next round or so. He's six foot seven, 250 pounds, cannon arm. He can, he's an athlete that can move. He came out early. He probably shouldn't have, but I think uh, he's prepared to go to the next step and be a developmental guy. He's a guy that went from being five, nine to six foot five in three years. And you can see I'm six foot seven. I'm sorry. And you can see how uncoordinated he is and it messes with him. I think he's a developmental guy. I'd like to take a chance on. So who's your pick, Joe? Can you go to wide receiver real quick? I do want to see there just in case. Preston Williams is a guy I like. Tyree Brady from Marshall. I think we're around early just where it's at. Penny Hartman, Georgia State down there. He's a small Andrew Halkins type slot guy. You could use him as a as a gadget player. I think we're around early on him still. I think the value's not there. I, for me, I would consider tight end Sternberger or go with the best player available that can fill a need for us, which I think is Chris Lindstrom. And you plug him at guard, we've got the Bengals would have at that point all five starters, two of them being rookies on the right side, but Billy Price in year two at center, Clint Bowling and Cordy Glenn. You want this offense to take the next step. Making this pick solidifies it completely. Yeah, building of the offensive line, if we were to go with Lindstrom here, if he was there in the fourth round, would give you your four starters. Christian Westerman's still there. Of course, Alex Redmond's probably still there fighting for that right guard spot. But they have A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross. They potentially have one or two of those tight ends coming back you have Mixon, you have geo and if dalton's still the quarterback and you build another offensive line maybe the offense can get it done and then on the defensive side you've got ed oliver coming in and you know a free agent linebacker maybe jermaine pratt that's what we're looking at here with this plan we're looking at essentially trying to get back in it next year and lindstrom may be like a clint bowling where he has a uh a softer rookie year, but comes back year two and is, is your guy. I think he could put on some weight and get and add some add some strength. Uh, fourth rounder like Clint Bowling was out of Georgia. So I think this this pick makes sense, even though if it may not have a direct impact year one, I think we're you get better year one for this team with this draft, but also those these are some pieces for the future. So Lindstrom it is? I go with Lindstrom. Let's do it. Let's let's secure this offensive line with talent. 
So in this draft, we've ended up going for needs in a lot of places, but I think we've gotten good value at most spots too. Ed Oliver in the first round is a premier player at defensive tackle. Jawan Taylor in round two is probably, when it comes closer to the draft, we'll look back at this and say, well, that was never going to happen, but you never know. You know, stock changes on these guys. There could be an offensive tackle of similar talent that slips into the second round. Round three, we go with the need. Uh, getting Jermaine Pratt, who's a guy Joe saw at the Senior Bowl, athletic, and we need to see. We, we'll need to see how he tests at the combine, but potentially can come in and start maybe by year two, year three. We know we're going to need to address this position in free agency as well, so this is one piece of that puzzle. And then finally, wrapping up in the fourth round, we go with Chris Lindstrom, who could start year one, but like I said, they have Alex Redman still there. They have Christian Westerman still under contract, and those guys will probably be competing for starting jobs. Just looking at the team needs, according to fan votes, we didn't draft a QB. We didn't draft an edge player. I don't know why safety is listed as a need. That one's weird to me. We didn't draft a safety. We did draft a defensive lineman in Ed Oliver. I think corner is the one that um, if Darquez Denard walks in free agency may get elevated a little to try and find a slot corner. But the, I love this draft because I think most fans typically if they're if they see a mock draft and and they have a a pick that they don't see as a direct need, let's say Ed Oliver, um because he's going to play next to Atkins and Nickel, but really he's probably be more behind him in the in the first two years also as a three tech and and it'll still be Billings as the other starter in the 4-3. I'm using air quotes on that. But uh, so taking someone who's not a direct need, not a tackle or, or, or a um, linebacker at the spot would draw some angst, I think, on the first day from some fans. But seeing us come back and still get Taylor and Pratt and Lindstrom would really, uh, you know, douse that fire a little bit and, and get people to to see what we're doing here and, and that you can still get good value on day two. You can. And who knows what's going to happen on draft day too. It's a crazy time, and, and this is just a fun exercise of kind of going through it, talking through the process, and I, I'd be pretty happy with this draft. I would too. I would think, let's say the Bengals do this and you got to put a grade on it real quick. Man, I would say this is potentially it would get like an A-, minus, mostly because of that Juwan Taylor in round two would be tremendous value. I think he's a plug-and-play starter at right tackle. Well, that was a fun first draft, I think. Got some really good value there in the second and the fourth, in my opinion. Anyway, that's it for the draft. Coming up this week, we're going to talk about a one-year plan, a win-now plan, essentially, a three-year kind of rebuild plan, and a lot more. So we'll see you later this week, Bengals fans. Remember to give us a follow at LockdownBengals, at Jake underscore NFL, and at Joe Goodberry. You can email us at LockdownBengals at gmail.com at any point in time. And thanks for hanging out. We'll see you next time, Bengals fans. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.